Just little things that you say, the way you carry out your job can have an impact on people years later. And uh, Coach Knowles certainly did with me uh, things that I remember you know, from 30 years ago, uh, the way he, he talked about things. So it makes me careful of what I say and how I act and what I do now. Welcome back to the Mentor Leader Radio Special, based on the new book by Tony Dungy titled The Mentor Leader, Secrets to Building People and Teams That Win Consistently. Well, now let's return to the discussion with Tony Dungy and Wayne Shepard. Coach, we've been talking about becoming mentor leaders from your own experience in the world of football. And as you said, it can be anyone in any walk of life uh, who are looking to uh, to help someone else better the life and add value to their life. That's what it's all about. It really is. And it, it doesn't have to be the recognizable name. It doesn't have to be the, the person who is appointed the leader. Uh, leaders come from everywhere. That's one of the things that that I've uh, really come to realize from my sports career that some of your best leaders were not necessarily the star players. Uh, they were not necessarily the people that uh, fans would have noticed. But uh, leaders come all shapes and sizes on your team. Of course, we also look to the scriptures and the example of Jesus. I know you do and see him as the ultimate mentor leader. I really do. I saw that that mental picture of the Middle Eastern shepherd, and, and Christ talked about it so much, um, you know, gave so many examples of the sheep and the good shepherd. And we don't really know that picture because we don't, don't see it in this country, uh, the United States, but that shepherd who just knows the sheep so well, is so familiar with them that they follow him. He's out front, and he's not pulling them along. He's not behind them, pushing them but he is walking and leading, and they know that the shepherd is walking in the right direction, and they follow him. And that's what Jesus did. And uh, I think that's the example that he laid out for us and uh, what I've always tried to follow. And of course, he's the example in all of this to us, but you, in your book, The Mentor Leader, take us to the upper room where Jesus is actually washing the feet of his disciples, and, and Peter objects. And you bring out in the book, and I never thought about it this way, that he objected, but he didn't offer to do it. <laughs> well, I, I think that was the, the key point that Christ was pointing out. Here's something that needs to be done, and the leader many times has to make sure that it gets done. And he did it in such a way to set an example for those guys, and he used it uh, in that way. But he did something that had to be done rather than just say, okay, John, you do it. Mm -hmm. Peter, you do it. I'm going to do it but give you the example of, of why and how. And uh, to me, that that's a great, great example of leadership. It was an act of service. An act of service, but it made a point, and it, it told a story to those 12 that they never forgot. One of the things I appreciated about your book, The Mentor Leader, when I read it, is that you, you don't just talk about this as pie-in-the-sky stuff. <laughs> you, you bring it right down to practical action, and you spend a lot of time in the book doing that. And you have seven keys that you list, seven E's, actually, of maximizing the potential of the mentor leader. Can we just talk about some of them? And of course, the ones we don't cover are in the book, so our listeners <laughs> yeah, can- Yeah, we have to make them make a read the yeah, book, right? Yeah, of course, right? But, of course. Uh, but it, it begins with engagement. You, you tell us to be engaged. What does it mean to be engaged in, in, the, in the fight, so to speak? That, to me, is really the first step in the process, getting to know someone, getting them to feel comfortable, getting them to understand why you're there, that I'm there to help you. And that, that takes something. You can't just say, I'm here, you show up, okay, let's go. But uh, knowing that I'm investing in your life, I want to know who you are, I want to know what makes you tick, and I want to learn how I can help you first, as opposed to just saying, hey, we're going to do A, B, C, D, and E, this will be better for you. Um, 
I've got to get to know you and say, no, here it's A, B, and C that are really going to help mm-hmm. you. By the way, when we're talking about becoming a mentor leader, are we talking about, you know, we're going we're gonna to meet every Friday for breakfast and I'm going to mentor you. Is that what this is all about? No, I think most of the, the really great mentors that I had in my life I didn't know it was happening at the time. <laughs> it was and, pretty sneaky, yeah, weren't it? It was pretty sneaky, <laughs> and they weren't sitting there saying, hey, learn this, do this. But uh, just being around and being an example for me, talking about things, bringing up things that I needed to think about. And many times it, it's done just in a natural flow of things you're going to need to know. As a leader in, uh, in, in the world of football, your world, have you ever been tempted to just say, just do it my way. You know, trust me. Just just do it this way and you'll be okay. Well, there are times when you have to do that. And as a coach, I, I would say that here's the way we're going to do it. There's a lot of ways that work, but this is our way. This is the Buccaneer way. This is the Colts way. But you still had to be open enough to talk to players and say, okay, what's on your mind? Okay, I hear what you're saying. Here's the pros and cons of that. Maybe I am going to change. Maybe I'm not. I may say we're still going to do it this way, but still let you feel like um, you know you were able to have some input. But there are times when, as the leader, you've got to make the decision. This is the way we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Are you afraid of making mistakes? I mean, as a coach or as a mentor? You are afraid of making mistakes, and it's, it's a great responsibility that the Lord gives you when you are leading um, in whatever capacity. And you, you do. You don't want to or lead anyone down the wrong path, make the wrong decision, make the wrong choice. But uh, all you can do is the best you can and uh, try to let the Lord handle everything else and know that you aren't perfect and say, hey, I'm going to give you all the knowledge that I have, but if I make a mistake, we'll we'll come through it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that I'm a Chicago Bear fan living where I live, and you played against the Bears in the Super Bowl a few years ago. and You, you openly talk about uh, – one of your strategies that kind of backfired on you. One of the biggest mistakes I made was on the opening kickoff. Uh, Devin Hester from the Bears was a tremendous return man. Uh, he was the most dangerous weapon the Bears had. And uh, my coaching staff wanted to kick the ball away from him, not let him touch it. And uh, that was our plan all week leading up to the game. But the night before, I got this great idea that we could strike a psychological blow if we kicked it to him and then pounded him with 11 guys and let them know that their biggest weapon was not going to be effective that day. So I told the team, if uh, we're going to kick it right down the middle and we got to go down and pound this guy. Well, he returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. And, uh, <laughs> How'd that work for you, Coach? It could have been disastrous because everyone knew it was my decision to do it that way. But um, we had had such a relationship develop over the years, I was able to say, you know what? We're not kicking to him anymore. I made a mistake. You guys have to help us recover from that. And they said, uh, don't worry, Coach. We'll, we'll get the job done. Hmm. So the mentor leader steps up, admits his mistakes, and learns from those mistakes. I think that's part of uh, leading people is to show them that you aren't always going to make the right decision. You are, aren't always going to be perfect. What do you do? Uh, how do you handle disappointments? How do you handle mistakes? And uh, showing them that part of the responsibility is, yes, admitting it and learning from it and growing from it and rectifying the situation. That may fit several of these seven E categories that you outlined in the book. Uh, maybe it's part of equipping people. I don't, I don't know. What are you thinking? It is part of equipping, and, and I think it's part of encouraging, too. That's another E that um, sometimes as leaders we don't always do. We kind of look at how we can find, not find faults with people, but, hey, you did this wrong, correcting. Uh, and correcting is part of it, but encouraging is, is the other part. And I think it is encouraging to people to know that I, as a leader, can make mistakes, and we're still going to be okay. We're not perfect. Um, but when, I, when you make a mistake, hey, 
we can learn from it, we can grow from it, we can get better, and we will overcome those mistakes. I have a feeling that might be easier, even at the uh, professional football level, than it might be at home. Uh, admitting mistakes at home is a different different thing altogether. It's the hardest thing, especially with your, your children. Um, you say, hey, I, I really didn't handle this situation well. I apologize. Uh, I'm going to do it better next time. That's not something we normally do, but it's something we need, need to be able to do as leaders of our homes. Uh, just to mention the other E's, so we mentioned equip and encourage, empower, energize, elevate. What does it mean to, to elevate someone? That can be the toughest part of leadership uh, sometimes, especially in a structured business sense. Hey, I'm a, a head coach. I've got assistant coaches who are very, very bright. Can I put them in positions where they can be seen, where their strengths can show? They may end up going off to another team. I don't want to lose them uh, from our workforce because they are so special. But I really owe it to that person to elevate him, to let him show what he can do. Then he can grow and uh, maybe go uh, come back to beat us sometime. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah, what's that like? You know, when you <laughs> when you set someone free and it comes back to uh, to maybe uh, win against you. No, it, it's a it's a great feeling. Um, Mike Tomlin, we told a story about earlier in the show. Uh, he went to Pittsburgh as the head coach and uh, won the Super Bowl my last year uh, in coaching and. As much as I wished that I could have won it, it was still a proud feeling to know here's a guy who, you know, I helped get started in the NFL, and he's now a Super Bowl winning coach. Um, tremendous feeling. Of all the things you do, do you enjoy talking to young people the most, perhaps? I probably do. Um, that, that's the most fun, um, seeing if you can just develop a little spark in someone, the same as it happened for me when I was young. Well, Tony, we've got one final segment coming up, and I can't wait to talk to you about how a mentor leader can elevate the game of a whole team working together. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to the Mentor Leader Radio Special with Wayne Shepard and Tony Dungy, based on the new book by Tony Dungy called The Mentor Leader, Secrets to Building People and Teams That Win Consistently. To learn more about how you can be a mentor to people in your life, visit Tony Dungy's website at thementorleader.com. Sign up to receive updates on Tony. Read what people are saying about him and his strong faith in God. Sign up for Tony's podcast, follow Tony Dungy on his blog, and enter to win a free signed copy of his book and more. It's all at thementorleader.com. Coming up, Tony talks about his father and the impact he had on Tony as a mentor leader. Plus, a story of perseverance that Tony tells about one of the greatest football players of all time, who almost made what would have been the biggest mistake of his career, until a mentor leader stepped in. He had seen the Dolphins play on Monday night and just looked like a machine and say, why can't we look like this? I've been here four years and we don't look anything like this. It's not going to happen. More with Tony Dungy after this break. 